Today on the Flyover Conservative Podcast, I consider it almost kind of like a, a a legitimate like ringing a bell mm-hmm. warning. This is Urgent. not just not just long term informing and educating on what's going on. We could be talking about the FBI. We could be talking about uh, a, 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 a billion different issues from vaccines to big pharma to whatever. Mm-hmm. But the things that impact us directly the most is there's people being put into positions of leadership that affect our ability to provide for our families, our ability to eventually be able to retire, our, our ability to be able to uh, uh, keep what we earn. There's people being put into positions of leadership that are not operating in our best yep. interest. I would go as far as to say that it's like, it's like, it's like bringing more, more uh, woodpeckers onto a wooden boat. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, Hiring pilots to fly a plane, not because they have any experience or, or, or want a plane to succeed. They've, they've only flown kites. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we're seeing that in a lot of different areas. And I can tell you right now, it's not an accident mm-hmm. and you need to be prepared. There's some decisions that you need to make that are like family sit down kind of meetings. And we got the information for you to be able to help do that. We have a guy that wrote a book called Thriving in the Economic Tsunami. We're in an economic tsunami. This is happening, but you don't have to get pounded by it. You can thrive. And yep. uh, we got somebody who has not one, but two PhDs to be able to help us on that exact topic. Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Oh, my word. So I have a feeling this is going to be a very important show because what the viewers don't know is it has been tech glitch after tech glitch after yep. tech glitch today. Um, so, so true. So yeah. somebody doesn't want that message out there. So it'll be really interesting. Totally true. <laughs> and, and it is a, it is a complex one. There's a lot going on. And this is kind of a, a an odd economic update because we're bringing some questions to you, stuff that we've noticed over the last week, weekend. Um that are like, I, 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 I can't think of enough analogies, but if you had a, a, a wooden boat and, and the person in charge of it keeps bringing on more woodpeckers, mm-hmm. you'd be like, but you don't, do you understand what woodpeckers do? And it's like, yeah, we just love woodpeckers. And it's like, you must, you must actually not like the boat or right. the people or in living. It. Or the, or the people in it. Mm-hmm. And so um, today's theme is going to be, I want to examine the people in charge. Who's been given access to all the levers of power when it comes to economics? Mm-hmm. And in order to do that bad in economics, you have to have a spiritual or mental malfunction. It's mm-hmm. got to be down to your core as a person. And I'm going to back that up because we got a, a bunch of clips to go to go through with you today. I just got to ask, man, are you, are, are you mentally and emotionally ready to go there? I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't think America is, though, quite honestly. I mean, everything that's coming down us is like this just freight train coming down the hill and it's about to mow everybody over kind of a feeling because everything that they are doing is is opposite of what the founding fathers would have envisioned for them. Opposite of what God would have Mm -hmm. for the country. Um, And opposite, quite honestly, of what truly the vast majority, like almost all families in America would, would want for this country. It's, Absolutely. Man, it's, so it's a little bit like, uh, you know, we watched a season one of uh, Ted Lasso. I don't know if people have seen mm-hmm. that or not, but you know, there's a, there's a, a professional soccer team in the UK and they hire an American football coach who was not great at that. He was okay, but kind of a funny character. Never had even watched a soccer game in his life. And they hired him to be the coach. Here's the, here's the reason why. Cause the wife inherited it from her husband in a divorce. 
The husband loved the soccer team. She's just trying to destroy it. Mm -hmm. So she does everything in their power to take it down. It's like, I feel like I'm living in an episode of that. Or maybe the movie Major League was kind of that same kind of theme of Mm -hmm. the people in charge actually are trying to tear down the thing that they're in. So let's start, let's start from the top. Let's jump into the FDIC. We've talked about this clip before, but I think it definitely pertains to this. And then we'll have you, let's just play the clip and then we'll have you break it down and give, and give commentary on this. Accessible when people need to know, but I don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. I, I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. So they just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right. It's it's I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do (laughs) that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that will charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general. Wow, that is a major concern. We've played that before, but wow. That's the, it's a closed-door FDIC meeting. And, uh, you know, that's the, you know, they got those signs up everywhere you go deposit your money and, and it's there. We p- started playing that before banks were dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been out there and they're like, we, we're not doing well, but oddly enough, the American people have more mm-hmm. faith in this institution than the people in this room do. And they all laugh because Ooh. they, they know it's true. And that's who's in charge of protecting every single dollar that people take and they deposit fake stuff at their bank. Well, so what's interesting about this is that that meeting was held in December of 2020. Mm -hmm. In January of 2023, we talked about it. And what did we talk about? We talked about this warning sign from from the Fed will actually uh, be the stimulus that that causes a run on the banks. Sure Mm -hmm. enough, we saw a run on the banks. Right. We saw Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, um, Silvergate Bank, uh, uh, First Republic. Yeah. And then the contagion started to spread overseas. Right. But but if you go back to, to the backdrop of why this conversation was even had at the FDIC, it, it goes back even farther than December. Right. So you go back to when really this started this last stage of these banking failures. I mean, the banking failures actually, to me started in the early 1900s when the Federal Reserve Act came into play. Because prior to that, currency was backed by gold, right? Mm -hmm. As the fathers intended it. Then it moved to the the Federal Reserve, a consortium of of private bankers. There's nothing federal about it. There's nothing reserve about it, where they could just print money like there's no tomorrow and charge the U.S. Treasury interest on something that there's no tangible backing to. So that causes the inflationary spiral and the whole concept of reserve, fractional reserve banking, which Mm -hmm. um, this gives us the false, uh, basically, security 
that when people put money in the bank, they think that it's there. Right. Well, yep. Not. It's it's just not there because banks do the same thing with your money that you do with your money. They invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate companies, whatever else, right? So when we see economic problems, companies going out of business, inflationary pressures, people not spending, and we're yep. getting off dodge. We're pulling money out of the stock market because we see that the stock market's falling. What are the banks seeing? They're seeing the stock market's falling. It's the same thing that they invest in. So now you, you fast forward to a lot of other problems. The inflationary problems came from the BRICS nations uh, basically dismantling the petrodollar. So there's no demand for our currency. So we're printing money like there's no tomorrow that causes inflation. Mm -hmm. Then you go to March of 2020. This is where it all kind of gets to really be unwound quickly. Mm -hmm. And that point, the Federal Reserve changed the reserve requirement to 0%, right? We've talked about all of this before. This is just a rehash, basically, for this next statement that I'm going to make, because 0% reserve requirement means banks don't have to have anything on hand. Zero, right? They're, they're using all $100 of your deposit mm -hmm. into your account. They can use all $100 of that to invest, meaning there's no money there for you to draw checks off of. There's no money there when you want to take withdrawals out of your savings account or checking account or anything like that, right? So so that's the backdrop. So now there's this meeting at the FDIC stating we unintended consequences. We can't let people know that what? What don't they want people to know? Right. Right. People to know that the FDIC is radically underinsured. Mm -hmm. I mean, th so if you look at it and you saw on the bottom of that screen, you know, the FDIC has $125 billion of assets. How many deposits now, you know, because when that when that video was done, the number of deposits in the U.S. banking system was different than it is today. So today we have $17 trillion of deposits, checking accounts, savings accounts, uh, CDs, things like that that are liquid in the banking that's what people's mm -hmm. app says you pull up bank of america wells fargo whatever your bank is and it says oh i have eighteen hundred dollars in my checking account whatever the number is or if you're a business and you think you have three hundred thousand dollars to meet payroll that's the number you're talking about it says that it's there but it's it's not not there. really physically not there an accounting mechanism it's a ledger entry so the, your bank statement and for you know uh layman's terms what it says is, hey, David and Stacy, this is the amount that you basically should have in your checking account. This is what you've deposited plus the interest that you've earned on those deposits. This is what you should have. Mm -hmm. But they're just hoping and praying that not everybody wants to mm -hmm. write or withdraw their funds at the same time because it's really not there. Right. right. So it's not there. They have to get interbank loans from the Fed. And this is why they put holds on checks of like 10 or 14 days, right? Because they simply don't have it. They don't want to default on that and it takes money and that's expensive and they don't want to do that. So they, they put a hold on people's checks. Now, the story that they tell us is we got to make sure that the funds are in the other account before we, you draw it. Out. Well, yep. in, in a digital world, they know that in a fraction of a second. They don't have to wait 10 to 14 days to right. realize that. They know in a fraction of a second if it's there or not, but they're just using your money. So here's the ugly reality of the FDIC. 125 billion to cover 17 trillion dollars worth of deposits. That's 0.7 of a percent. 
Mm. That means there's not enough, not enough life rafts on the Titanic. Yep. That's what that means. No, it means how, how quickly could you have a bank run or a bank failure? If more than 0.7% of the population pulls out their bank accounts, right? Takes a withdrawal. So during Silicon Valley bank, for example, and that whole fiasco companies were, were withdrawing cash because under Biden's amazing economic plan for America, right? Oh, well, man. At least that's what he would tell us, right? But yeah. under this plan for America, people's wages are coming down while at the same time prices are going up, taxes are going up, and cost of borrowing is going up. That's a that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. That's a, a soup that would make everybody sick, right? Nobody mm-hmm. wants to eat that recipe, right? But that's what we've got. So it's really easy to have a run on the banks, This is why the Fed, the unintended consequences in this meeting were, A, we don't want people to know how little capital there is in the banks. We don't want people to know that the Fed is truly underinsured. So this facade of $250,000 insurance coverage on your account is actually just a a ledger entry too. The money's not there. The Mm -hmm. 0.7 of a percent of the money is actually there. So here's the point. I'm expecting way more bank failures because if that's the reality, which it is the reality, I mean, numbers are numbers. It doesn't take much to have a run on the banks, which is why uh, in a in an image that you showed me last week about London, you know, NatWest Bank in, in London, they had this big orange sign on the front door of the mm-hmm. bank that said, we're going to start uh, asking for invoices for you to withdraw money. So we want to see what the use of funds is going to be for us to approve your withdrawal. It's for what your protection, that? to make sure yeah. you're not getting scammed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tells me two things. A, it tells me that the banks are undercapitalized. They don't have any money. But B, it moves towards central bank digital currency, of which they want to control every aspect of your buying or selling. Now, yeah. If they mm-hmm. don't approve of the funds, well, then you're not going to get it. So I think it's a two-pronged approach here. Number one, get people used to the government telling you, you what. Yeah, you there's, this was on a, a, a door of a, of a bank there in London and uh, it verified it in about three different ways. Um, take time to read that or take a look mm-hmm. at it. This is only going to grow and become more pre- prevalent. Well, if you look at that, the, I mean, the, the first paragraph is, well, actually, it's the second paragraph. It's really creepy because it says that they are going to, you have to provide an invoice. Well, how many de- withdrawals out of your checking account do you have invoices for? What if you wanted to just take cash to give your nephew a hundred dollars in their in their birthday card? Well, there's no invoice for that. Right. If you wanted to make an anonymous donation in the church offering bucket. Well, there's no invoice for mm-hmm. that. Right. Uh, what if you just want, were going on a vacation? You wanted cash to bring with you because, like all of us. Um, our credit cards fail. There's fraud. And it's like, well, I, what? I can't get gas because somebody in in Timbuktu decided mm-hmm. to get a credit card and because they got my number and now there's fraud on it. And I just bought a camera in China. It's like, what? You know, so so you right. can't access your card. So you get cash. None of that has invoices. Right. So so then the last paragraph of that thing says it's going to be under the discretion of the bank the managers at the bank to determine um, if the use of funds is okay. And we may suspend your withdrawal, not accept it if we don't like the use of the funds. So therefore, 
I mean, what if you were giving to just making this up? Let's just say you were a Trump supporter and you were going to give to the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that that doesn't that doesn't comply with the global standards of what we want this narrative to look like. So these kind of issues that that are in London right now, don't think that that's isolated to London. Right. Right. That's going to come here, and there's no guarantee. <clears throat> Central bank digital currency. This is going to come here. People are going to get scared. They're going to want to withdraw funds out of the bank. Oh, oh, not enough. The reason why banks fail is because there's more withdrawals than there are deposits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That now, is such a great point. And, and you advise people on this every day. People go to flyovergold.com and, and enter their information and set up a consultation because it's very clear. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about this as December, the FDIC meeting in January, we began reading mm-hmm. this bell, ringing this bell. And we're, we're putting so much focus and effort on this because this is what we're really doing in real yeah. life. And if you want to know, hey, what's happening here behind the scenes, mm-hmm. every business owner I know, every person of of it, if, that I respect their their financial acumen. This is what they are are doing. Um, we began a, a deep dive study back in the '90s. Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, had a huge mm-hmm. impact on the trajectory of Stacey and I's life, cash and then then cash flow quadrant mm-hmm. affected dramatically where we put our time and energy starting in the late '90s for Stacey and mm-hmm. I personally. Robert Kiyosaki playing the cash flow quadrant game. Mm-hmm. We've bought that game. For lots of people, we played online with our kids. That's how we kind of taught them some of their financial stuff. Um, he had an interview. I want to play this 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 clip uh, explaining bail ins on his podcast, his show. Let me get me play this clip and get get your uh, feedback on this real quick. These large, too big to fail commercial banks are more or less being backstopped and guaranteed by the Federal Reserve. Well, the rest of the banks, as we were told by Janet Yellen. If they're not too systemically large, as the majority of them are not, they won't be bailed out. They'll be bailed in where the depositors are general creditors of the bank and the money that you deposit really belongs to the bank and not to you. You are a creditor of the bank. And if they go under, instead of being bailed out the way that Silicon Valley Bank was because many politicians had their money there and the big startup money for Silicon Valley, whatever the reason they bailed it out, it shouldn't have been bailed out according to the new laws. But these other banks, if they go under, you will be bailed in, which means all of the depositors' money goes into the kitty to bail in the the poor decisions and investments of those banks. And anything left over then gets given back out in a pro rata fashion, along with shares of what is a defunct bank. So what that means, if you're um, you're living in Podunk, wherever you are, and you, you have a half million dollars, your business is attached to the bank, you know, your payroll's in there, you have employees, you have their savings and all this, and you have a half million dollars in cash in there. If bank XYZ, regional bank, crashes, what happens to your 500000 well, we're supposedly told that 250000 of it is covered by FDIC, which certainly something I want to talk about. But the other $250,000 would go into the kitty. So in theory, you get your 250000 insured by FDIC. The other $250,000 then goes into, in essence, bankruptcy proceeding where it is used to bail in the inequities of the bank. And this is something that's really very scary, especially when you realize, Robert, 
that the regional banks represent 70% of all the small business loans in the United States. And for years, forever, small businesses in this country represented over 40% of the GDP of the United States. So realizing that these banks in their hands hold the majority of all the small businesses in this country, it's a very frightening thing if you own a small business and have your money in what amounts to any bank other than a commercial bank. And really a lot of people do because these are the banks, and we've talked about this before, you talk about the small banks that are in your neighborhood real close to the places you frequent. Well, the, the places you frequent, they go in and they make they have relationships with these small banks. These small banks make loans to small businessmen and women based less upon balance sheet and business plan and more about upon relationships. In many cases, like you said, you went to the bar, your, your local Cheers bar. A lot of times people go to the local Cheers bar on a Friday night and sit down with their banker. Hey, how you doing? You know, I coach your kid in T-ball and, you know, I, we've known each other forever and ever. That's what these small banks really are all about, relationships and how that has helped foster the small businesses in this country. Very scary point. I'm glad you brought that up because really it's a, it's probably one of the biggest issues with the small regional banks running into trouble. Wow. Okay, so so their answer to what we've been discussing this whole show up until now, the FDIC's got a problem. They may or may not be able to insure the 250, but whatever gap they have, they have laws in place to create bail-ins where it's our money that 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 they will take in a cut of the depositor's money to bail. It's a bail-in from inside of the deposits of what the the customers have put in there. Is that true? It's true. And, and a lot of people think, well, David, Stacy, Kirk, it's like, this is America. This isn't going to happen. That's like communist type stuff. It's like, well, it's part of, it's already been written into law in America. Mm-hmm. The Dodd-Frank Act actually has legislation already written, signed off by Congress um, since like 2009 or 11, whenever that was, whenever that was done. Mm-hmm. Um, that bail-ins are part of our code. It, it's it's available when for such a time as this, right? So mm-hmm. this is this is the issue. And when you put money into a bank, you give up rights to it. You think it's your money, but really, when you deposit money into a bank, it's a security instrument, and you are saying, "Hey, bank, you can do what you want to with the money." You're going to give me this ledger entry that says I have this much in my checking or savings account and I can draw from it when when need be, uh, again, assuming that it's there, right? Because you give away the ownership rights to your money when you put it into a bank. That's why there's this this problem, right? Because banks have been using it to buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, companies, really everything, right? And so Mm -hmm. they can't get rid of it because the economy is headed south because of Biden's plans for America, Well, now we're going to have runs on the banks. But instead of having some kind of a big, huge, massive government bailout, no, they're they're going to actually have you, the creditor to the bank that you gave them a security instrument on saying, you can use my money. It's now yours. Just give me interest on it. And I'll I'll, uh, you're going to make it convenient for me to write checks on it and use my debit card and whatever. So this this is a problem. This is why a bail in is different than a government bail out, but it's already been written into law. And it has been since for the last 12, 13, 14 years, however long it's been. It's been a long time. Wow. Okay. So if you're listening, thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I got all this money in the bank. 
I would recommend going to flyovergold.com and getting a hold of Dr. Kirk because he can help you to get that money out of the bank and actually get into something yep. tangible. So when you go to flyovergold.com, just fill out your information. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team can get a hold of you to answer questions for you. All right. So I want to go back to where I started in the beginning with all my analogies and everything else. Bad pilots on the plane and woodpeckers in the boat. And where, why was David saying all of these things? Well, there's been a precedent established by the current administration um, of, of, of what I call the old Biden administration. Obama and the whole cast of characters that was around during his eight years are all surrounding Joe Biden uh, right now. And um, they've got a habit of picking the worst people in every single position. Just to, to I mean, we all know that. Kamala Harris was picked, not based on her resume, nope. but because she checked enough boxes to say, hey, it was predetermined. They didn't pick from a pool of all candidates. Mm -hmm. They picked from a smaller pool to check intersectionality. Um, it, it's over and over and over. We could go through a bunch of these, but you know, uh, Sam Brenton, the, the nuclear waste uh, executive they brought in, the, the guru to, to, to fix nuclear waste, this guy blew up over the weekend. You know, he's been arrested in, in, in pursuit because so of the- he's been uh, let go of that position. Let go of that, out of the, that position. Um, you know, these are the workshops that he's a part of on the weekends. This Sick. was all long before they chose him. You know, you hire people, Dr. Kirk, to work for you. You at least look at their Facebook history and stuff. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. this is not a, a person chosen. It's not like in spite of these things. They choose these people because of their flaws. I mean, it's over and over and over throughout the entire Biden administration over the last weekend, the LA Dodgers, everybody's familiar with this story because it's blown up with the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Um, you know, you can just dig into this in your own time. I don't want to get into to all the details of these people's, their, their, their moral bankruptcy, but you kind of think that the people in charge of the most powerful positions in our country are chosen because they're going to keep us safe. They're mm -hmm. there to protect us. And and Biden had a, 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 a his top financial advisor as a vice president it was a guy named Jared Bernstein. And um, I'm going to play a clip real quick and get your response uh, to this real quick. It's just a short vertical story. We'll put the links to these down below. People can research these characters. But we're looking at the crisis that's in play, and you think, well, who is advising? Mm -hmm. Biden, I mean, whoever's making the decisions around him, these people are chosen for a reason. Let's play, let's play this clip real quick. One final question, and I got to be honest, I don't know how you're going to answer it, so I'm kind of excited. Uh, so in 2014, Jared Bernstein published an op-ed in the New York Times titled Dethrone, quote, King Dollar, where Mr. Bernstein advocated for the U.S. government to actively take steps to remove the dollar as the global reserve currency. President Biden has now nominated him to be the head of his Council of Economic Advisors. All while the Chinese are actively undermining the dollar as a global reserve currency and their successes are increasing both in number and at an ever-increasing rate. Do you agree with Mr. Bernstein that the U.S. government should take steps to actively remove the dollar as the global reserve currency? We agree. I really appreciate that. It's, it's uh, disappointing that the president is nominating someone that uh, disagrees with both of our positions on this. If we do lose the dollar, the cost of import goods will skyrocket. Uh, we'll lose our ability to borrow at, at, at current levels. Uh, inflation will be higher than it already is. Wow. Okay, we're going to put, this is a 2014 article in the New York Times. We're going to put a copy of it in the links below. If you want to read this for yourself, uh, the title of the article is Dethrone King Dollar. It's his economic plan. This is the, the chief economic advisor. Uh, to Joe Biden, he's put. He just recently been elevated to this position. This is the loudest voice when it comes to economics in 
Joe Biden's ear, based on what I understand there. Um, Jared Bernstein, uh, there's this picture up on the screen there. These people seem to be chosen because of their flaws, not in spite of, and they don't represent, most Americans would not say, we want the dollar to be eliminated as the reserve currency for you, for, for global trades. It is, and they're elevating people to push that agenda. The, they are. And this, again, goes back to the forward thinking and the insight and intuition and godly wisdom that we talk about on this show every single week. Because back in October, and we've talked about this before in the past, this is just amplifying everything that we're talking about. When when President Biden was at an ice cream shop licking on his double yep. mm-hmm. cone, and the reporter asked him if he was concerned about the demise of the U.S. dollar, and his answer was, frankly, no. I'm more concerned about the global economy and the collapse of that. Okay. So, and, and my question is on, on the couple of shows that we talked about that after that was good grief. Is he not the president supposedly of the mm-hmm. United States, right? Not of the world, but every decision that he is making amplifies that position that he cares more about this global agenda than he does about America. Bernstein and, you know, no different. Um, if you look at who Bernstein is, he was part of Clinton's Labor Department. Um, he's been known to be a big backer of worker power. What does worker power mean? It doesn't mean that he, mm-hmm. he wants yes, doesn't mean that he wants America to be great again. Um, he's basically that's code for communism mm-hmm. and fascist type policies of the government controlling the workers, a lot of unions and everything else. That's worker power. Right. So so he's got that happening, which he doesn't care about the U.S. workers. He, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't care about jobs in this country, because if if you've got a lot of union states, right, the the union states, it's it's awful. The states that are booming economically is because you don't have a lot of labor unions. That's a communist ideology mm-hmm. of labor unions, right, rather than uh, just hiring people because they're good workers because they have a great resume, because you know that they're going to do great for you. And if they don't, you can fire them. Unions don't allow that. So he wants worker power, right? So then you couple that with this, this not just a little whisper in Biden's ear, but a big, loud shout. We are going to dethrone the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency in exchange for a global currency. This is the agenda of this administration it's anti-American, it's anti-family, mm-hmm. and every other decision that we are seeing points to anti-American, anti-family type policies, and, and we should not be surprised by this. Yeah, we can be disgusted yep. by it, but we shouldn't be surprised by it because they're not hiding that fact. Nope. They're bragging about it. They're bragging about their globalist, ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, anti, you know, th- these are not moral decisions. These are yep. not ethical decisions. This is the erosion of the character of America happening right underneath our nose. And, and it's in, it's intentional. Flavor family, we could spend time on this show talking about anything we want. We could we'd be hammering the vaccines. We could be talking about hospital protocols. We could be talking about um, the corruption of the FBI. We could be talking about a lot of those things. But the most eminent threat to us personally, us listeners, the, the, the American people, the 99% mm-hmm. that are going to work, coming home, trying to raise their family— is 
everything that you've worked for is being crushed. I have full faith that God has a better plan for America, that our best days are ahead of us. Mm -hmm. But it's like listening to a weatherman saying, hey, it's going to be 40 below zero. We've got an Arctic blast coming in. You don't then go to work in your flip-flops and and, and shorts and a Mm t-shirt. You wear a coat. You make smart decisions based on the environment you're in. You're looking towards spring. You're looking towards summer. It's going to change but it affects what you wear today. The decisions we're making right now are going to affect where your family is at the end of this year, at the end of next year. We all are looking towards 2024, but you don't want to lose everything that you've worked for in the meantime, waiting for that to happen. So Dr. Kirk, we what, have answers. What can people do? I mean, obviously we talk about flyover gold. I mean, it, what what is a way that people can protect themselves during this time? Well, number one, it's part so part of what you had ta- we talked about earlier on the show about these regional banks failing. That's what Andy Sheckman and, and Kiyosaki were talking about mm-hmm. in the past. I mean, my recommendation was get you know credit unions are the safest, regional banks are second. Stay away from the big huge monster banks and the little small one off mom and pops because the mom and pops don't have enough capital to withstand a storm. The big ones have tens of trillions, upwards of fifty trillion dollars worth of derivatives debt. That's mm-hmm. a lot of damage. But now w- things have changed, right? With FDIC being underinsured, with these banks, there's there's this movement, you know, basically in the global banking world for of consolidation, big banks buying up middle banks, middle banks buying up small banks. So the regional banks are no longer safe. We've mm-hmm. seen every bank that we've seen fail has been a regional bank that's being gobbled up by the big ones. Well, this is now part of what I would say a bigger clandestine plan to actually usher in central bank digital currency. So with that being said, it's like, well, probably have your money and credit unions for the time being, but have you have to be flexible with mm-hmm. this, right? Because as soon as your bank or credit union unleashes the forever the Fed Now app on mm-hmm. your phone, okay, yep. it's like, okay, this is this to me is the mark of the beast and this part of the technology moving into that direction. Change banks. It's like, I don't want to say things are changing by the second. We just have to adapt and act accordingly. Number two, tried and true since, well, longer than any of us have been alive is tangible assets like gold and silver thrive, right? They're an insurance policy against a collapsing currency um, where, where we've talked about this. And David, you talk about this example a lot. What a one ounce of gold could buy you, you know, in mm-hmm. the 90s. That would buy you a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes. Today, 20 bucks gets you absolutely not. You can't even get a pair of socks for crying right. out loud or a date night to going to a, mm-hmm. a fast food restaurant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yet one ounce of gold still buys you a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes. It is your insurance policy against the inflationary spiral that we're going into, but you could use it for barter. We have to start thinking differently about, you know, in, in the past. If we wanted to get out of the stock bond market because they were collapsing, we just put our money in cash in the bank and sit on the sideline. That's no longer safe either, given mm-hmm. the And so you have to reallocate, reposition, tr- retrain your mind uh, against the normalcy bias that we've always known. It's like, oh, cash is king, cash is safe. No, it's not. Not anymore. Not with the inflationary pressures that we've seen. So I would go into tangible assets like silver, like gold as a reallocation into safety. That's how you should view it right now, but not just safety. We don't have to settle for that. It's mm-hmm. actually so 
silver is the number one performing asset in the world. You mm-hmm. actually get safety and growth, protection and provision all in one. And that's Man. an amazing thing that we can thrive with. That is so good. You can go to flyovergold.com. When you do, it's a landing page. It's a great place to look up information, but also when you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place for you to fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you. They'll set up a free consultation to help you walk through this time. There's no reason to be scared. There, there is, there are solutions, and this is an yes. incredible team that we love, that we trust, that our family uses, hundred percent, that uh, you can use as well. So go to flyovergold.com or you can call seven two zero six zero five three nine zero zero. Doctor Kirk, thank you so much for your time. Thank yeah. you for your expertise. Thank you also for the peace that you bring in a time that seems so hectic. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night? thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how. In 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? (laughs) Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a (laughs) handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Yeah.